بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما Last week we spoke about how the Khalifa Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiyallahu an ordered Khalid ibn al-Walid radiyallahu an to leave Iraq and go to Asham, go to the greater Syria area to help the Muslim armies that were stationed over there in order to fight the Byzantine Romans. And we mentioned that Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu an, initially he had actually sent four armies to different parts of Asham. And each of those armies had their own commander. So Abu Bakr radiallahu an, he sent Amr ibn al-As as a commander of an army towards Palestine and Shurahbil ibn Hasana with an army towards Jordan and Yazid ibn Abi Sufyan with an army towards Balqa and Abu Ubaidah ibn al-Jarrah with an army towards Hims. So four separate armies that were stationed in different parts of Asham. So as the army of Hiraqal, the Roman army of Hiraqal, as they advanced towards Asham, these four armies that were in different areas of Asham, they all came together in an area known as Yarmouk. And Al-Yarmouk is basically right next to the border of Syria and Jordan, that area. So these four armies, they all gathered in Al-Yarmouk in order to face the Byzantine Empire of Hiraqal. And Hiraqal was the emperor of the Byzantine Empire. So Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu an he ordered for Khalid to come and support these armies because the Muslims were greatly outnumbered by the Byzantine Romans. There was a great discrepancy in the numbers between the two armies. So Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu an, he realized that the Muslim armies would need some extra reinforcement and support. So he ordered for Khalid to come and join them and help them. So Khalid ibn al-Walid, he left Iraq and he went towards Yarmouk and he reached Yarmouk in an amazing short period of five days. And this is usually a, a journey of about a month or more. But Khalid ibn al-Walid, he took a dangerous shortcut as we spoke about last week. And he was able to plan that very successfully. And he was able to reach Yarmouk in only five days. Alhamdulillah. So now when Khalid reached Yarmouk, now there are five armies. Those four initial armies and also the army of Khalid ibn al-Walid. Now up to this point, each of those four armies that were there in Yarmouk, they were still separate with their own leader. They had not combined, they had not unified to make one big army. So Khalid ibn al-Walid, as soon as he reached, he suggested we need to unify all of the armies. My army, along with your four armies, we all need to make one big army instead in order to face the Byzantines. And Khalid radiallahu an, he said, if your Khalifa, if Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu an, if he were here, I'm sure he would want us all to unite and make one big army instead of having separate armies. 
So they agreed that yes, this is the right step to take. And all of the five armies now, including Khalid's army, they all unified into one army and they agreed to put Khalid ibn al-Walid in charge. They agreed to make him their commander. So now with Khalid in charge of this big army, and this army was consisting of about 36,000 men. 36,000 men. It seems like a big number. But if you compare it to how many were in the Byzantine army, it is much less. So 36,000 Muslims versus 240,000 Byzantines. Okay? So you can see, even though 36,000 seems like a big number, they were still vastly outnumbered by Hiraqal's Byzantine army. So Khalid ibn al-Walid, he took charge of this 36,000 man army and he divided the army into a number of factions. So there are about 36,000 soldiers. He divided them into 36 different infantries with about 1,000 people in each infantry. So this was from the strategy of Khalid ibn al-Walid. He divided them into 36 infantries. And from the leaders of these infantries, there were many of the great companions of the Prophet ﷺ and many of the great warriors of Islam. The army of Yarmouk, mashallah, it was a superstar army. Some of the great companions of the Prophet ﷺ took place in, took part in that battle, including Abu Ubaidah ibn al-Jarrah, Shurahbil ibn Hassana, Amr ibn Aas. Yazid ibn Abi Sufyan, Al-Qa'qa' ibn Amr, Iyad ibn Al-Ghanam, Hashim ibn Utba ibn Abi Waqqas, the nephew of Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas, Suhail ibn Amr was also part of this army. If you remember Suhail ibn Amr from the Seerah, remember he was the representative of Quraysh who was sent to represent them at Hudaybiyah when they made a treaty with the Prophet That was Suhail ibn Amr who negotiated with the Prophet ﷺ at Hudaybiyah. And that was before Suhail had accepted Islam. But now, alhamdulillah, after the Fath of Mecca, he became a very good Muslim and he was present at the Battle of Al-Yarmouk. Ikrimah ibn Abi Jahl. Ikrimah, the son of Abu Jahl, who at one time was also a very staunch enemy of Islam. But Ikrimah, alhamdulillah, after the Fath of Mecca, he also accepted Islam, alhamdulillah. Also, Safwan ibn Umayyah. Safwan ibn Umayyah, he was one of the biggest enemies of Islam. But after the Fath of Makkah, he also became a Muslim. So these were some of the superstars that were part of this army. Also, the son of Khalid ibn al-Walid, he was also a soldier in this army. Abdul Rahman ibn Khalid ibn al-Walid. Also, Habib ibn Maslama. Also, Az-Zubair ibn al-Awwam one of the greatest companions of the Prophet ﷺ and one of the ten companions who was guaranteed and promised Jannah. So these were, these were the soldiers in this army. Really a, a superstar army. And there were many others from the Sahaba as well. So 36,000 Muslims versus 240,000 of the Byzantine army. Now amongst this army, the Muslim army, there was also Abu Darda and he was appointed as the Qadi, he was appointed as the judge. If there were any disputes that needed judgment, Abu Darda was the judge in that army. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, another superstar of the Sahaba. 
Abdullah ibn Mas'ud was present as well and he was put in charge of the ghanimah. Whatever spoils of war come in, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud was in charge of taking care of that. The muqri or the reciter, the Quran reciter of this army was Miqdad ibn al-Aswad, also one of the great companions and one of the early Muslims. And from the soldiers of the Muslims on that day, there were 100 of the companions of the Prophet ﷺ who were from Al-Badriyun, from the companions who were with the Prophet ﷺ and fought alongside with the Prophet ﷺ at the Battle of Badr. 100 of them, 100 of the companions of Badr, they were present at Al-Yarmouk as well. Also present with the Muslim army on the day of Al-Yarmouk was Abu Sufyan ibn Harb radiallahu an. And from the seerah you know all about Abu Sufyan and how he was one of the staunchest enemies of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. But on the day of the Fath of Mecca, Abu Sufyan also accepted Islam. Walhamdulillah. And he was present with the Muslim army at Al-Yarmouk on that day as well. And he was actually one of the motivators they would have people with the armies who would speak and motivate the people and excite them to keep their spirits high, to keep their morale up. So Abu Sufyan was one of them because he was a very good speaker. So he was constantly motivating the army. He would say, Allah, Allah. And then he would address his people. He would say, Innakum zadatul Arab wa ansarul Islam wa innahum zadatul Rum wa ansarul Shirk. Allahumma inna hadha yawmun min ayyamik Allahumma anzil, anzil nasraka ala ibadik So he would, he would basically encourage the people and motivate the people. He would say to his people, you are from the honorable Arabs and you are the helpers of Islam while your enemy, they are the people of Rum and they are the helpers of shirk. They are the helpers of association of partners with Allah. And then he made dua to Allah. Allahumma inna hadha yawmun min ayyamik. Ya Allah, this is one of the days from your days. Allahumma anzil nasraka ala ibadik. Ya Allah, O oh Allah, send your help and your victory upon your servants. So Khalid ibn al-Walid, after taking command of this army of 36,000 men, as we mentioned, he divided them into 36 different infantries. And then he set up a cavalry of horsemen and he divided the horsemen, he divided the cavalry into two groups, one behind the right flank and one behind the left flank. So the army, as you know, it's divided into basically five sections, five major parts of the army. There is the right flank, there's the left flank, there is the front, there is the back, and then there is the center. So Khalid ibn Walid, he organized the cavalry, the horsemen, into two different groups, one behind the right flank and one behind the left flank. And his reasoning behind this was that when the fighting starts, when the left flank of the Roman army attacks the right flank of the Muslim army, the Muslim army will have support from horsemen in the back. So they will be able to catch those, those Byzantine Roman soldiers off guard. And the same thing would happen when the left flank of the Roman Byzantine army attacks the right flank of the Muslim army. They will have, the Muslim army will have the horsemen behind them, supporting them and reinforcing them and they would be able to fight 
the Romans on their horses. So this was from the military planning and strategy of Khalid ibn al-Walid radiallahu anhu. All right. So before the fighting started, some of the Muslim generals, they wanted to meet with the enemy commander, the commander of the enemy army, the commander of the Byzantines. The commander of the Byzantine army was a man named Tadaruq. Tadaruq, he was actually the brother of the emperor. He was the brother of Hiraqal himself. And he was the commander of the Byzantine army on the day of Al-Yarmouk. So some of the Muslim commanders, they wanted to meet with him and speak with him and perhaps make peace with him before the fighting started. So this was always the way of the Muslim armies. Before fighting, they would always try to negotiate to see if these people were willing to accept Islam. And if they were not willing to, to accept Islam, to see if they would be willing to pay the jizya. And if they still refused even to pay the jizya, then they would fight. So Abu Ubaidah ibn al-Jarrah and Yazid ibn Abi Sufyan and Abu Jandal ibn Suhail ibn Amr and Dirar ibn al-Azwar and al-Harith ibn Hisham. These companions, they went and they entered upon Tadaruq. They wanted to meet Tadaruq, the commander of the Byzantine army. Now when they went to meet him, the tent of Tadaruq was made out of silk. It was a, a tent made out of silk. So the Muslims, they said, we will not enter this silk tent. Muslim men are not allowed to wear silk. So they said, we don't want to enter this tent of silk. So they said, okay, if you don't want to enter the tent, we can meet outside. And they brought them some cushions. The Byzantines brought cushions for the Muslims to sit on. And these cushions were also made out of silk. And the Muslims said, no, we're not going to sit on these. Take them away. We don't want to sit on them. So they said, okay, they took it away. And they met outside. They met outside. And they spoke to Tadaruq. And they said to him, if you accept Islam, then we will not fight you. And Tadaruq said, no, we're not willing to accept Islam. Then the Muslims said, okay, if you're not willing to accept Islam, then pay the jizya. Pay us the jizya and we will leave you alone. And if you pay the jizya, we will also protect you. You pay the jizya and from the benefits that you will get out of doing that is we will protect you. You don't have to even fight if there's ever any invasion or any type of, of, of hardship or any type of attack that comes, then we will protect you as well if you pay the jizya. And Tadaruk, he said, look, why are you talking to us like this? Like you are stronger than us. We are 240,000 people and you are only 36,000 people. And you're talking to us like you have the upper hand and we have the lower hand. So Tadaruk was actually kind of a, even offended by this talk. And he said, no, we're not interested in Islam. We're not interested in paying the jizya. We will fight. So then the Muslims said, okay, you know, we gave you a chance. But if you want to fight, then okay, I guess we're going to fight. So they left. Now before the fighting started, another one of the generals, one of the generals of the Byzantine army, a man named Mahan, he said he wanted to meet with Khalid ibn al-Walid. So Mahan, one of the Byzantine generals, wants to meet with Khalid ibn al-Walid. So Khalid ibn al-Walid, he accepted this and he met with Mahan. 
Mahan, this Byzantine general, he said to Khalid ibn Walid, he said, Ya Khalid, I know why you guys want to fight us. I know why you and your army want to fight us. You want to fight us because you come from a place that is very poor. Your people are poor, they are hungry, they don't have any wealth, they don't have much clothes. So they think that by fighting us, they can become rich. This is what he said to Khalid ibn Walid. And of course, this is not correct. But this is what Mahan said to Khalid ibn Walid. The reason why you guys want to fight us is because you want to become more wealthy. And you are hungry and you are poor. And you want to satisfy your hunger and you want to get rid of this poverty. So let me make you a deal. Mahan is saying to Khalid, I will make you a deal. For every one of your soldiers, for each and every one of them, we will give 10 dinars. 10 dinars of gold and we will give food and we will give clothing to each soldier. 10 dinars of gold, food and clothing. And you go back to where you came from. And then next year, we will give it again. We'll give 10 more dinars and we'll give food and we will give clothing. So, you can just go ahead and, and leave. And Khalid radiallahu an, he said to Mahan, he said, yeah Mahan, this is not why we came. We didn't come because we're poor or because we're hungry. We came because we heard that your blood, that the Byzantine Roman blood is the sweetest blood of all. So we want your blood and we want to drink your blood. This is what he said to him. And then Mahan was taken aback by this. He thought that Khalid was, was speaking literally that they're going to kill us and they're going to take our blood and they're going to drink our blood. So he got so scared. And then he went and he announced this to his army. He said like, they're going to drink our blood. They're going to kill us and they're going to drink our blood. And this is something that really shattered the morale and the spirits of the Byzantine army. So they became just so scared and so worried that even if we die, what's going to happen to our bodies? Our blood is going to be drunk by these people. So it really, really messed up their morale. And their feelings became very, very distressed after this. Then after this, the fighting finally started. So the left flank of the Byzantines attacked the right flank of the Muslims. And Mu'adh radiallahu anhu, Mu'adh ibn Jabal, another superstar of the Sahaba, he was part of the right flank of the Muslims. He made dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allahumma zalzil aqdamahum. Allahumma ar'ib qulubahum. Ya Allah, make the earth shake under their feet. Ya Allah, strike fear into their hearts. So the fighting started. Now, around this time, another one of the soldiers of the Byzantines, this was a man named George, a Roman Byzantine named George. He wanted to meet with Khalid ibn al-Walid as well. He wanted to talk, to talk to Khalid. So Khalid agreed. So George came on his horse and Khalid came on his horse and they met while they were both sitting on their horses. So George, he says to Khalid, he says, Ya Khalid, tell me and be honest with me, please. Don't try to trick me. Don't try to deceive me. Just tell me the truth. Tell me. Did Allah send a sword from the sky? to your prophet and he gave that sword to you so that when you fight you never lose is this is this what happened this is what 
George thought because he knew that the nickname of Khalid was Saifullah, the sword of Allah. So he understood from this, did a sword come from the sky? Did Allah literally send a sword down from the sky to the Prophet ﷺ? And the Prophet ﷺ gave that sword to Khalid. And that's why Khalid fights with that sword and he never loses. So this is what George asked Khalid. Is this, is this what happened? Is this why your name is Saifullah? Is this why they call you the sword of Allah? And Khalid was honest. He said, no, this is not what happened. And then George asked Khalid, then why do they call you Saifullah? Why do they call you the sword of Allah? And then Khalid said, Allah sent a prophet to us. Allah sent a prophet to us. And some of us believed in that prophet and some of us disbelieved in that prophet. And then Khalid speaking about himself, he says, at first, I was one of those people who disbelieved in the prophet. But then Allah guided me and he made me a believer. He made me a Muslim. And then Khalid explained to George what happened during the battle of Mu'ta. The battle of Mu'ta. This was during the time of the Prophet wasallam. And after that battle, the Prophet wasallam gave Khalid ibn al-Walid the title of Saifullah, the sword of Allah. So he explained this all to George. This is how the nickname Saifullah came to me. So then George was very interested and he said to Khalid, Ya Khalid, what do you call to? Tell, tell me about your religion. What do you call to? And he said, we call to the worship of Allah alone. To worship Allah alone and not associate any partners with him and to testify that Muhammad وسلم, is the messenger of Allah. And then George asked, okay, so if you call to that and the people don't accept, then what? Then he said, then they are obligated to pay the jizya. They have to pay the jizya. And then George said, okay, and if they refuse even to pay the jizya, then Khalid said, then if they refuse even to pay the jizya, then we fight them. Then we fight them. Then George asked Khalid, Ya Khalid, if someone becomes a Muslim now, today, will you consider him to be an equal to yourselves? And then Khalid said, yes. Anyone who becomes a Muslim, he will be our equal and he will be our brother. And then George said, you have been honest with me. I appreciate this. You have told me the truth. You have been honest with me. And Ya Khalid, I want to enter your religion. I want to become a Muslim. So Khalid was very happy at this. And George, the general of the Byzantine army, one of the generals of the Byzantine army, George accepted Islam, alhamdulillah. He became a Muslim. So Khalid took him to his tent and George took a bath and then Khalid taught him how to pray. So they prayed two raka'at together. So now George is a Muslim. Alhamdulillah, he prayed two raka'at together. Now he defected. He left the Byzantine army and now he became part of the Muslim army. Alhamdulillah. So this was a beautiful incident that happened during the battle of Al-Yarmouk. George accepting Islam. Alhamdulillah. So now the fighting continued. It became very intense. And George is on the Muslim side now, alhamdulillah. And at one point in the fighting, it seemed like the Muslims were having a very difficult time. The Muslims were going through hardship and they were having a difficult time keeping the enemy away. So Ikrimah ibn Abi Jahl, he calls out to motivate the people, to motivate himself and to motivate the people. He calls out. He says, you know, I fought against the Prophet He's speaking about before he was a Muslim. 
Ikrimah, he said, I fought against Muhammad, the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and I didn't run away from the battle when I fought against the messenger. So now I'm a Muslim. Am I going to run away from these people? Am I going to run away from these Byzantines? So he said that to motivate himself and to motivate the people around him. And then he called out to the people who will make a pledge that we will fight to the death. We will never run away. Rather, we will fight to the death. And a number of the, of the Muslim soldiers, they made that pledge that we will fight to the death no matter what happens. And Alhamdulillah, the morale of the Muslim army was lifted and their spirits were lifted. And they were able to fend off the Byzantines, Alhamdulillah. Now during this fighting, Dirar ibn al-Azwar and al-Harith ibn Hisham and Ikrimah ibn Abi Jahl, the three of them, they were wounded very severely. They were actually fatally wounded. They were wounded so badly that they were about to die, these three. Dirar ibn al-Azwar, al-Harith ibn Hisham and Ikrimah ibn Abi Jahl. So these three brave soldiers, they're severely wounded, they're on the ground, bleeding, and one of the Muslims comes with water for them to drink. So he takes it to Ikrimah. And before Ikrimah drinks it, he hears one of his brothers, one of the other two, he hears one of them make a sound like, oh, and he says, no, I'm not going to drink this, give it to him. So he goes to the other guy to give him the water. And before this one can drink it, he hears another one of them says, oh, and he says, no, I'm not going to drink it, give it to him. So he goes to the third one, and by that time, the third one has died. By the time he reaches the third one, third one has died. So then he goes back to the first one again, and he has also died. Then he goes back to the second one, and he has also died. So all of them, even at the time of their death, even at the time of their death, the last moments of life, they favored their brothers over themselves. They favored their brothers over themselves and they passed away in this way. Alright. So as this fighting went on, Khalid ibn al-Walid with his cavalry of horsemen, he attacked. He attacked the Byzantine army. And Khalid with 100 of his horsemen, Khalid and 100 of his knights, 100 of his horsemen, they were able to kill 6,000 Byzantine soldiers. Can you imagine this? 100 men with Khalid, they killed 6,000 Byzantine soldiers. So now, you can see that even though they were 240,000 and the Muslims were only 36,000, still, it's not a problem for the Muslims. Walhamdulillah. So during this fighting, George was killed. George was killed. So he has just been a Muslim for a few hours and he only prayed those two raka'at with Khalid and he dies. Walhamdulillah. So what a good death this is for this man. Not much work but a great reward. He dies as a shaheed after being a Muslim only for a few hours. Subhanallah. This is the favor of Allah that he gives to whomever he wills. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who possesses great favor. So the battle and the fighting was so intense, it was so intense that there was not even time to pray salah in a regular way. So the Muslims, they prayed dhuhr and asr while moving on their horses. They're on their horses, they're fighting, and they're praying basically while they're on their horses. There's no time to stop and even pray. So they pray on their horses. 
And during this fighting, Abu Sufyan, radiallahu an, he's calling out and keeping the Muslims firm by the permission of Allah, motivating them. Al-Sabat, Al-Sabat, ya ma'ashar al-Muslimin. Stay firm, stay firm, O Muslims. Stay firm, stay firm, O Muslims. Inna Nasrallahi qadiqtarab. Inna Nasrallahi qadiqtarab. Surely the help from Allah, it, has, it is near, it is near. So stay firm, O Muslims. So Alhamdulillah, the Muslims were able to inflict very heavy casualties upon the Byzantines at the beginning of this battle, Alhamdulillah. So Hiraqal, he was in Antakya. And this is in modern day Turkey. The capital of the Byzantine Roman Empire was Constantinople, which is modern day Istanbul. So Hiraqal, he was in Antakya, Anitok, and he got news that his army is suffering heavy defeats and the Muslims have the upper hand upon the Byzantines. So Hiraqal asked his people when he received this update, he was very upset. Like, how are our people losing? Our army is so huge. We sent 240,000 of our men. So how are we losing? So he asked his people, how are we losing? Are we less than they are? Are their numbers greater than our numbers? And he was told, no. Our numbers are, are much more than their numbers. So then he said, aren't they men like you are men? You are men and they are men. How are they defeating you guys so badly? What's happening? What is the reason behind this? So there was a knowledgeable man, a knowledgeable Byzantine Christian religious authority who was with Hiraqal. And he answered the question of Hiraqal. Why are the Muslims winning and why are we losing? So this knowledgeable Byzantine man, he said to Hiraqal, okay, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why they are winning and we are losing, even though we outnumber them. We're, our numbers are huge and their numbers are much less. I'll tell you why they're still beating us, why they're still winning. And he said to Hiraqal, he said, in the night they pray and they do good works and they are honest and they command the good and they forbid the evil. This is their lifestyle. This is the way they live. As for us and our people and our army, what do they do? We drink wine. We commit zina. We are dishonest. We are corrupt. We do this and we do that. So what do you think? Who is going to have the upper hand? Them or us? So Hiraqal, he said, Sadaqt. He said, yes, this is it. You have spoken the truth. You have spoken the truth. This is why they are having the upper hand on us. This is why we are being defeated and they are being victorious. So this was the first stage of the battle of Al-Yarmouk. And it went on for a few days. And inshallah, we will continue speaking more about the battle of Al-Yarmouk in next week's lesson, bi-idhnillah. Wallahu alam, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.